Style Podcast with me, Emma Corey, and also... Henry Kathman. See the you other s- one. The other one, yes. <laughs> I see you swooping in on that intro there. Yeah. Yeah. So Wait, we can change things up again. That's true. Change is always a good thing. I said thing. We're, we're sailing into uncharted territory with these upcoming movies, so yes. I'm very excited. I am excited, too. So, listener, today we are covering Barbie and the Crystal Castle. The Diamond Castle. The Diamond Castle. Shoot. Oh, God. Well, Very different. Well... Throw me in the garbage can already, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, The Diamond Castle. This is another uh, musical movie based off of what I've been reading. Yes. and uh, And maybe some gay subtext in there as well. Yeah. From what we've heard. From so. what we've heard. there A lot of people like the characters in this one, apparently. So I guess we'll see what yeah. the fuss is about with that. But do you I- have any... I mean, I think I might have seen this movie on, like, TV or something, like Cartoon Network. Mm, and mm. I remember liking it, so I'm hopeful for this movie. It's a musical, yeah. it's another, like, kind of fantasy movie. Yeah, they, the Barbie movies, credit where credit's due, like, when they actually delve into the original fantasy settings, Fairytopia excluded, um, <laughs> the, well, actually, no, that's not fair to Fairytopia, because Fairytopia, for its boringness, at least they try to do a decent job by creating these interesting set pieces yeah. and landscapes It's, it's just and stuff. nice to get another kind of, like, original fantasy movie they have. You yeah. Know? So, not a whole lot to talk about with this one from a crew level. Um, we got uh, Cliff Ruby and Alana Lesser returning as the screenwriters. Uh, you know and love them from uh, Rapunzel, Princess and the Popper, Island Princess, and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh same as always with Kelly Sheridan, but uh, I actually know because technically she wasn't really the main character in the last one. So I guess it is interesting to still see Kelly Sheridan around after the Barbie character was supposedly. Yeah, I'm not part. really sure like when she kind of like steps out for a bit, but I suppose we'll see as we go. But is she voicing both of the main characters in this one? I think. Uh, no. Uh barbie oh yep she is yeah she's voicing so lana Mm -hmm. who barbie is playing and then there's a character named Teresa, which i think is the other girl so maybe i think we'll just have to see yeah but but finally as a director we got ourselves uh, Gina Nichelles, who also did work for some of the previous Barbie movies in the animation department. So, uh, when looking through this guy's IMDb page, he's been doing a lot of, he's in the animation department for a lot of mainframe studios' work, but this is the only, uh, Barbie movie that he has under his belt as director, which makes you wonder, like, what was going on in Maybe the he's, stu- like, a one-time glory, or maybe... There's a reason. He's well, <laughs> as we discussed, in 2008, Mattel released three Barbie movies, mm-hmm. all of them produced by Mainframe Entertainment. And I feel like with this, they were trying to... Uh, they might have brought him on as the director because the other regulars were working on other projects for Mattel at the time. Gotta gotta pump those out by the quarterly release date. Uh, yep. Yep. But, it's, yeah. And it's almost like we're kind of, like, reaching, like, the peak 
of Barbie stuff, you know? Yeah, most people really kind of hold this era up a bit as like, oh, after this, Barbie goes bad, which coincidentally was when they, like, grew. Grew, they were no longer children, essentially. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like when... The old Disney Channel is better. Yeah, or like with The Simpsons, where like, oh... The Simpsons went bad after this episode, and it's... Or, like, Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and it's like... like, People like the era they grew up in. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, well, hopefully we can see if this one holds up to the diamond sheen that it's held up in. The diamond... Well, or maybe it will be overly glamorized and have inflated prices associated with it or... like real diamonds yeah <laughs> well let's That's there it's gone. There, there's a metaphor there yeah so let's uh take our journey and enter into the diamond castle with barbie from the new movie barbie and the diamond castle best friends today alone and together dolls and horse and carriage each sold separately dvd coming in september and we're back holy shit listener <laughs> that was great we had a, we had a good time with diamond castle holy crap listener we are back and by golly we are loving this movie because mm-hmm. man that was great <laughs> I don't know, definitely, like, definitely, I feel like this one really, like, stood out after, like, all the fairytopia whatnot movies we had to sit through, but... I feel like the main thing of this was just its characters so much... I feel like, not to disparage Island Princess and some of the fairytopia movies too much, but, like, with a lot of those, like, you had a lot of pretty similar stuff in terms of character dynamics yeah and it's just it's just nice to see one that focuses on the relationship between two women and how they interact with each other because like yeah princess and the popper like it was nice to see them interact in that one but they're like kind of separated for most of the movie but this is like specifically the two main character story as a unit so so listener go watch this movie first off before like this is great but the biggest focus of this movie was uh, the friendship of our t- friendship. friendship. Yeah, we'll quote. get into that. But first, uh, this movie <coughs> begins with the like a standard duet between Barbie and her friend Teresa. So we're back in uh, framing, framing device. Though so yeah. this one was handled a bit more, yeah, better. Than- so I guess Barbie is like a musician with her friend Teresa. And they're just in, like, this studio apartment, and the opening credits is just showing pictures of both her and Teresa just hanging out and making music. Just a bunch of hung photographs in this apartment of them together, and it's just like, okay, okay, all right. And so they're they're singing this duet about two voices, one song to get, and all that. They're like, you complete me. Yeah, yeah. Gals being pals. Just gals being pals, just 
the bestest of friends. And Barbie's little sister, Stacy, this Stacey, time, yes. not Kelly, yeah. comes in and she's like, I had a fight with my friend. Yeah. So, apparently, they don't go into a lot of the details of what happened between Kelly, no, Kelly, not, shoot, what was her name? Stacy. Stacy and her friend. Uh, I want to know, we should hear about their mom. Stacy. I feel like I feel like the world would implode if we knew that information. <laughs> no, like, I think Barbie just kind of like you don't want to know about, about Stacy's mom. Does she got it going on? <laughs> so yeah, they. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm so glad I I did it. Okay, hey, you were asking an earnest question. No. <laughs> I feel betrayed now. Just like how Stacy felt betrayed by her friend, apparently. Yeah, because well, he wanted to. Her mother. <laughs> As we know, as the song goes. Yeah, I mean. Well, she did invite him to mow the lawn by the pool. Mm. But uh, anyway. Anyway, (laughs) because of this rift between Stacy and her friend's friendship, uh, Teresa and Barbie decide to tell this story that they both know about these two similar friends. You can't see, but I'm winking. uh, That also had an argument so let's let's set the scene. So we have the opening song, and we're introduced to our two main characters, uh, Liana oh. and Alexa. Alexa. And so we got Liana, who is like the Barbie. She's got like the blonde hair, mm-hmm, and Alexa, mm-hmm. she has like the brown hair, which and she's got more of a three. tan hair. And a lot of fan art that I saw of this movie start portraying her as a person yeah, of I was color, which is like if yeah. she was kind of meant to be a person of color and all. Yeah, or it's kind of. Yeah. Vague. It is vague. Yeah. Which, come on, Mattel. Stop being cowards. They'll have a woman of color in one of these someday. Hopefully. Someday. Mm. But, uh, so they're singing songs. So, Liana and Alexa live in a secluded cabin in, in the, the woods, woods where they spend their days singing duets and growing flowers to sell. And they, they talk got about. They a big cottage. They sleep gotta in co- the same room. They sleep in the same room, but with separate beds. Yeah. And they have a 1950s marriage. They, listener, this is literally a domestic AU of, think of literally any slash ship you can think of. And boy howdy, this movie delivers on that premise. Like, it is... It is kind of thing you're, you. It is also like in depth in this sort of like subtext of this movie. You kind of wonder if maybe someone kind of like thought it was intentional or not, or they were just like. I I mean, I would even think so, but you. It never fails to surprise me of whenever an author is shocked whenever people read gay subtext within their work. Seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, I was about to say J.K. Rowling, but no. yeah. No, J.K. Rowling capitalizes off that shit. Mm, but yeah. yeah, even stuff like living out in the secluded woods also has a lot of roots and a lot of kind of queer stories. Yeah, too. yeah. Because, and also like the idea of them, like, 
growing flowers like lesbian farmer is such a trope as it is it's uh, like you think they move it they moved in together really quickly you know they kind of act like they've known each other for a very long time oh so. I, I, i'm picturing it they've known each other forever and probably like their parents died or something because this is still medieval fantasy time so mm-hmm. they're like oh well we could just move in together and grow flowers we both know how to do this well, it would be a kind of thing. She's like, let me see. Well, she kisses me goodnight and calls me my wife. Does she like me? <laughs> is there a thing there? Yeah, I feel like... It's very relatable. Oh, yeah, I feel like this is... I might have to take a backseat on some of this stuff. To <laughs> Seeing this, I'm, I'm assuming this probably resonated with you more than it would have me. Yeah, it's definitely... They do have a very kind of intense relationship. And Utica kind of almost gives the sense like the filmmakers were kind of like maybe not so aware or else they just like they really wanted to portray a super strong like female relationship. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I mean, at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, they try to like no homo it a little bit. They, so I mean, like, yeah, they do that. I feel like they they definitely try to pull that on us, but. It wasn't as intense as it was in stuff like uh, Princess and the Popper, where they right out the gate were like, we could almost be sisters. Yeah. I am glad. I was afraid they were going to have a scene where they are going to be like, we're act practically sisters or something. Yeah, but no, they never did that, which I think, I mean, the main point of this film seems to be that they want to illustrate like, hey, you could be really close friends with someone and sometimes you might disagree and still argue, but it's still important to like, try and like... And I think a lot of girls, like, even, like, straight girls, do have, like, various sort of, like, intense relationships with their best friends. Mm-hmm. So I think that's well, something most people can relate yeah. to. And I, there's also sort of, like, a different societal standard when it comes to, like, relationships between women mm-hmm. as opposed oh, to, like, yeah. male-male relationships. Definitely. That's something I can bear. But then again, that also comes with people being kind of, like, blind to uh, girl-girl relationships and yeah. being, like, well, this... One lady author I know lived with this one friend, and they never got married, and they just lived together. I bet they were just really good friends. Oh, yeah. You know, Tova Janssen and her best friend, they lived in a cottage on the sea, completely secluded from society. Like, oh, yeah, the creator of Moomin, they just had really good friends. Or, uh... Oh, who else? Uh, Emily Dickinson. Yeah. Like, oh, Emily Dickinson. Yeah, she just never married. I don't know what. She was a spinster for life. Mm-hmm. Must have been lonely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, so but, for women women relationships, there is a lot of, like, general societal blindness yeah. to then. But if well, you got a good eye for it, you can be watching like this and be like, Harold, they're the lesbians. lesbians. <laughs> yeah, well, on the side of, like, uh female friendships in media like i can say that part of the reason why i feel female friendship is like something a lot more well represented is because men generally are conditioned to not like intensely show their friendship like we have an entire genre predicated on the idea of like oh i'm good friends with my bro but i'm not gonna tell him i love him like yeah, that, or yeah. like the bromance comedy where it seems sort of like unusual if men are like mm-hmm. yeah cause like mm-hmm. when it comes to like male friendships the idea is that there's always gotta be like that sort of 
screen of insincerity in between it because if you show too much genuine emotion well people might just think you're gay so can't have that <laughs> what is that voice? i don't know <laughs> i a voice nothing particular but the but at least with female friendships in media like i feel like we get a lot more of that sort of wlw subtext because you get more of that sincerity and i feel like mm. that genuine sincerity seen throughout the movie is something that really really strengthens it yeah and definitely and because they shot they set up sort of a dichotomy between the two like you got liana who's a lot more of like an optimist she wants to help people as much as she can where uh alexa is like a realist you know she's more like she wants to like support herself you know Mm -hmm, and she's mm -hmm. like not necessarily super selfish but she is a lot more uh you know realistic minded yeah i think so like they made a really like i feel like that that is a pretty true to life dynamic that they have set there and i especially it could have been really really easy to paint alexa in a more selfish light in this movie but i feel like i feel like with this they they make they strike a a pretty good balance between like having them still be both sort of a paragon while also giving them some like nuance between how they are different. And what I really like about this movie, so early on they established third conflict where Liana and Alexa don't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They're kind of just like trying to support themselves. And it doesn't end with them becoming like royalty. You no. know, because you see that a lot in this bar movies where it's kind of yes. like essentially becoming rich is the ultimate like life goal for most of these people or else or they're like already like royalty yeah but but in this end they're even like given at the very end like spoiler they're even like given the chance to have like a literal castle of diamonds and but they reject that and just go back to living in the cottage which that was very interesting that was yeah i especially like that because i mean if we're being honest the life they have is like pretty idyllic i maybe for people in our age group like home ownership like a nice stable friendship and slash relationship they own their own business yeah like they they've got it kind of made yeah. like they're doing i mean granted they're kind of scraping by but in this economy yeah, well at the end they get flowers with diamonds in them so mm. maybe they'll be doing better hopefully but so. we should get into the plot of this movie yeah so i mean they're they're selling their flowers they're just palling around they're singing their duets and they're talking about how um how they kind of want a little more so that they would never have to worry about starving have as many dresses as they want and something i especially like is how they're walking to the marketplace after they discuss this and talk about how like oh man we would be obnoxious as hell if we ended up getting that rich mm-hmm. like they're self-aware enough of that sort of stuff and that that made them really endearing to me yeah so but anyway they pass by essentially this old woman and you see liana noticing that she looks pretty haggard so she decides to essentially give up her lunch for her mm-hmm. and in an exchange the woman gives like lets her take from her bag that she's selling that has her a bunch treasures, of like, which is like mostly garbage stuff. But she, they're kind of like, 
I I like this that they that um like she was initially not going to take anything, but Alexa's like, don't be a no, please don't hurt her feelings. Take something like that. I think that also shows something where it's like I don't know. It it still helps to compliment them and still shows mm-hmm. how Alexa is still like like still a nice person and not a dick or anything like that. Yeah. And so she ends up acquiring this dirty mirror that has like a heart shape to it. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking and, of heart shapes, oh we my forgot. god, they, 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 yeah, they. Well, they look in their reflection on the mirror, and it's a heart shape, and it's like, okay. And before that, we didn't point it out. They are going into the river, and literally a scene from a domestic AU where they're crossing the river and they're like oh watch out for that slippery spot take my hand and it's just like yeah, yeah. and when they're on there they look down and they find two heart-shaped stones the, that they then two take heart-shaped stones and make into necklaces they make into necklaces and they say it must be destiny that we found these and it's like home <laughs> like it is it is they really level on you the love that these two have for each other and that's kind of like what builds on the whole movie oh yeah but definitely essentially uh Le- liana takes the mirror home and she like shines it and it turns out it's a very beautiful it's a yeah mirror. it's a very beautiful mirror and she's like oh crap i need to give this back to her yeah. like to help him to help her out and it's like oh but first, it's time for a song montage well, because we forgot to mention they got caught in a storm early and now, like, a lot of their flowers have been destroyed by Yeah, yeah. A lot of the flowers have been destroyed and they're not sure how they're going to make it. But it's like, ah, uh, it's great. Uh, but the. They got to pay the bills. It's they cool. got to pay the bill. Like, it's realistic struggles. Like, there's stakes that they just want to be able to afford living. There's. Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not trying to be all like, oh, I don't. I want adventure in the great white somewhere, or I want to get super rich. No, they just want to make ends meet, and it's yeah, it's and, relatable. And it just is, it's These nice are Barbies have, like, for the people. It is just nice to have like protagonists that aren't like royalty or anything like that. Yeah, but either way, and they're not like made to be like extreme. Like, oh, it's their destiny to be mm-hmm. that yeah they that's aren't even chosen like, ones yeah that, that's even like played with later too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but anyway so they go out there and they start singing and doing their choreographed dance routine and suddenly uh someone starts singing with them from the mirror mm-hmm. who is melody yes melody and i mean they're pretty unfazed by it because melody explains that she was from the Diamond Castle, which is a place that is the origins of all music. And yeah, exactly what the Diamond Castle does isn't really too explored in this movie. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, it's a pretty castle. Apparently it has power to do something. Something like that. It Like, the stakes in this are kind of just... The magical Sorry. stakes, at least, aren't yeah, too well like, explained. Yeah, they kind of just say, like... Oh, if the villain gets the thing, she'll do bad things. But it's yeah. very, like, vague as to what exactly that means. Well, I feel like... But the nice thing about this movie is that you don't really notice it. Because, like, you already have, like, these emotional stakes of, like, Oh, no. 
are Liana and Alexis gonna make it? Alexa gonna make it? Yeah, and I think it's sort of like similar to Pegasus in that way where like the stakes is more on like what the characters have to gain other than like vague magical death or whatever because most of these movies do kind of have some sort of like vague implied disaster that if the villain wins Mm -hmm. but you kind of need like that sort of like human stake at it to like make it feel impactful definitely but yeah so either way uh melody ends up explaining to them essentially what's going down so do you want to explain this part yeah, so there's this... is this, the exposition. Yeah. yeah. Well, we cut back to... When they're singing, we cut back to, like, this weird, like, evil green place in a mountain place. This this series is filled with evil green places yeah. in the mountains and stuff. Yeah, but... Where else is a villain gonna hang out? I, I don't know, but there's this dragon there who reports to his mistress, which... He's not full-on gay weasel like Rapunzel, yeah, but... Yeah, he's more just a, doof, a doofus villain. Yeah, which I'm okay though he, with. he does support murder, though. I did kind of think they were going to do a thing where they were going to try to, like, redeem him or something, but then, nope, that did not happen. Nope, nope. But he reports to his mistress, who it turns out was this evil muse. And Melody explains that long ago... In the Diamond Castle, there were the three muses, which were the guardians of all music. But one of them decided that she preferred to sing alone. And she turned the other two muses into stone and vowed to take over the Diamond Castle. And she turned her flute into a magic flute. It's true. Yep. And and also during this flashback, we establish where the stones came from. So mm-hmm. they were on the stones that formed on the magic diamond castle yeah that somehow floated all the way exactly to the people who created them but what else it's yeah hard to say yeah but the but as it turns out um melody was an apprentice there working for the muses what was the evil muses name? lydia yeah so this evil so this evil muse her name is Lydia, and... Yeah, voiced by the same voice actress as Laverna. <laughs> and they're very similar. Pretty much. Yeah, which, I mean, she did a decent job. Uh, her voice actress did a decent job. Yeah, only she, this they, this time, instead of magic green beams, she has magic green music beams, mm-hmm, so... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, gotta get them non-threatening magic beams in there. <laughs> yep. So, the... So Melody says that in order to restore her to her human form, uh, oh wait, Melody explains that when Lydia took over, the castle was made hidden, and the only person who could find the key to the castle was Melody, and Melody uh, fled from the castle, and before Lydia could capture her, she turned herself into a mirror. But, unfortunately, the dragon crushed the flute, cursing her to be a mirror forever. And the, the way she talks about it, she's probably a mirror for, like, a few days or something. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, but either way, she's in the mirror. So that's sort of, like, the setup. So the full thing is they got to go to the Diamond Castle, because if they get there, they can get the instruments that the other muses had, and then they can bring them back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And stop Lydia from taking over music 
yeah, they're just saying <clears throat> she'll make the world dark and there will be no happiness. And it's like, um, okay. Uh, yeah, like we said, the magical stakes in this movie are kind of vague. But anyway, that means that can only mean one thing. It's adventure time. Adventure so... time montage as we see them singing while they're walking through the woods and they eventually come across this giant field of flowers which maybe people won't want to buy wildflowers but after this you know you've always got like a backup there and they never establish how far away it is from their place though that's true i mean you could always like grab the seeds from them or at least grab a couple of saplings to start well either way they're going through and then we meet our requisite few animal sidekicks just two dogs that they find just two basic dogs they and they advertise those dogs a lot like on the dvd cover as well as like a lot of merch they had like little plushies for them yeah not the most creative of animal sidekicks but at least these ones are non-verbal so they're non-verbal and they don't even make weird gibberish sounds like the polar bear or no! <laughs> I can't think of that right now. I can't think of... I don't I can't hear. Okay, okay. So these two dogs accompany them and eventually they get to another town and they are broke, they don't have any food, and now they're just like, God, what do we do? And then they come across this tavern that has like Full-on rotisserie chickens and mashed potatoes. Oh, and... I want to go to this tavern. It sounds very Yeah, good. it sounds very quaint. Cause, but uh, maybe on a different night because at when they get there, the clientele are freaking losing their minds because the musicians are not there. And the innkeeper's complaining about, that's the last time I've hired those two freaking rascals. God, they suck so much. And I was thinking, man, I hope I never get to meet them. But, um... <laughs> So the, but luckily for the two of them, it gives them an opportunity to earn some food by performing for them. Yeah. So they... And their song is them performing their plans to go to the Diamond Castle, so I guess good thing for them, no one that worked for the bad guy was at that bar. Well, every time that they sing, though, uh, the dragon can track Melody whenever she sings, so... The dragon was coming out there. That's kind of what put them in into this quest in the first place. Because the, essentially the dragon attacks them. And they trick it by giving it a different mirror. But when it leaves it accidentally like knocks over something. And it causes their house to burn down. Yeah, so. it's like... Which is... Which was heartbreaking to be honest. Like... Yeah. They made that cottage. That is their lesbian cottage. <laughs> I know. This but is homophobia. That's the sort, essentially the stakes for them. Mm-hmm. But so they're in this tavern and they sing their song and the dogs start dancing, <sighs> the dogs start dancing horrifically on their hind legs. Like this is the thing that they just start doing where the dogs will just like get on their hind legs and start like dancing, d- d- people doing dancing. some like Fortnite dancing. Yeah, no, like... it's very clear that they just had like some like standard animations in their <laughs> animation library and they just applied it to the skeletons. <laughs> of these dogs like they got them doing the wave they got them doing the disco and this does not fit with any of the songs does not in fit this with movie. any of the songs and it doesn't help that like it'll just involve them like doing those dances while staring into the camera and it's just 
Ooh, it's unsettling. See, they're, they're like, cute when they're just dogs. But yeah. But then they start moving around. When they, it's mo- a bit... when they do, people move in. It's, it's, it's not good. It's, it's a horif- horrific yeah. twisting of nature. Yes. And you know what else is a horrible twisting of nature? So when they finish oh, performing no. their song, the original musicians of the night come in, seeing them sing... And they're just enchanted. So this is our quote-unquote love interest for them. It's two, it's a tw- twin brothers. Twin brothers. Inexplicably British. Yeah. And their whole thing is that they're like weird snarky bastards <laughs> that apparently have had relations with all the ladies at this tavern. Yeah, they go in there and literally every woman goes there is like, that's for leaving without saying goodbye or... Oh, Bertha, that's ancient history. And it's like, oh my god. They're literally Jack Sparrows. They gave us two discount Jack Sparrows. They didn't have that much personality. Yeah. They're probably some of the worst love interests in any of these, these movies. These guys, the, literally the only problems I have with this movie were the creepy animal dances and these fucking guys. Yeah, they, they don't really add anything to the movie no, at all they don't they even really, really have don't. like arcs where they're like you think they're gonna be like well they're assholes but they're gonna like learn to be less but it, that's no, not even a part they of don't. it they're just of course the most appealing protagonist in this series of movies get paired off with the most obnoxious dudes like these guys just roll up and talking about how like oh you guys performed great and they're just but they're like they performed great for girls yeah so they're sexist yeah and it's just like oh my god go go fucking read a psych 101 novel and just start mansplaining that like go go back to reddit youtube jesus christ yeah i don't they don't really do anything for the movie i don't really know yeah unless there was some kind of like no homoing there. Like, there's got to be a head or, a head love thing in here, even yeah. though they don't even really like end up together in the end. No, so. they really don't. It's like so. Okay, there's literally. I mean, the reason why is because they needed to sell the Ken dolls for this movie. Oh yeah. I, but I don't know why they gave him this personality though. Yeah, I guess. It's not that much worse than them being just, like, bland and forgettable, but, like, Mm. I don't know. But either way, after this... So they end up uh, leaving while the two of them are escaping from another woman that's, like, attacking them. Yeah. Rightfully so. Please just end them. But, so they're leaving, and I guess the nice thing is that throughout the movie, like, they don't seem, like, impressed with these guys at all. Yeah. I mean, Alexa seems kind of impressed with one of and the brothers. And then Melody, for some reason, is like, they're so cute. And I'm like, wow. Melody, M- Melody, no. You could, no. But but they're walking and talking, and oh, the dragon and Lydia show up. Oh, wait. Yeah, we forgot to mention before. She, so it's established, because she goes to the tavern they were just at, that her flute, she can use it to essentially have mind control powers. Yeah. So once they leave, so once the two of them leave, later the boys end up deciding to chase after them, mm-hmm. which 
because Alexa dropped her handkerchief and they were like, it would be a shame to leave her behind. We must bring it back to her. And it's just like, no, creep, stop, stop, stop. Stop, I need an adult. No, blocked and reported. Stop. But this established what Lydia's powers are, but Lydia meets up with them and she tries to use her flute magic on them, but Uh because they have the magic heart rocks... They are protected. They are protected. Which, they don't seem to, like, realize that that's what made them protected at first. Yeah. Well, what ends up happening is that... So, while they're doing that, the dragon is actually chasing off the two boys because they decide to come in and help them. And so they're running away, and the two brothers start carrying them off, and they go behind this grove in a cave and leon is like oh no we're gonna crash into the wall and he says something like super condescending do you remember what i don't remember i tried to blink out most of their existence in this movie (laughs) so but like they escaped from the dragon (laughs) the important thing is we established these boys are now here but so they decide to go with them to help rescue melody and all that stuff yeah and so they end up at this like big river and they're essentially told that in order to find where the dying castle is they need to find this like seven stones thing and that's where they go they where they need to go where melody tells them they need to go yeah and so uh liana sees a sign that says bridge and she's like shouldn't we go that way and the boys are like no obviously no. yeah hiding something yeah hiding something i was reading that more of like Oh no, we we don't need to ask for directions. God, they even said Milady unironically in this movie. They are they're like twin fedoras, but (laughs) essentially they're going out there, and suddenly who's to pop up but our boy Danny DeVito? (laughs) Listener, it really is. It really is. They got this troll. They gotta pay the troll toll. Well, I don't want to see either of those boys' holes, so... (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. Like, day man, night man, you can keep that, please. I just... Yeah. But, no, it turns out there's this troll, and they crossed that bridge before, for some reason, without answering the troll's riddle. Yeah, they're kind of... The troll traps them in a hole, and he's like... I'm going to eat them. Yeah. And I'm like, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> please do. And But Alina and Alexa are like, all right, let's let's answer the riddle. And he gives the riddle of like, what instrument can't you touch or feel, but everyone, or see, but everyone can hear. And it's like, oh, it's singing. And they answer that. And... Suddenly, a, a rainbow, rainbow bridge. bridge comes and sweeps them away from the boys. Yes. Which, thank God. Like, a rainbow bridge as the two of them fly off. <laughs> oh, also, the troll, I guess, just explodes. <laughs> yeah, just, as soon as the answer, he just, like, poofs away. Yeah, and it's just like, okay, I Bye, Danny. Looking forward to the next season of It's Always Sunny, I guess. Um, yeah, it's coming out this month. Yeah. But anyway, so they uh, 
So Liana and Alexa get off the bridge and they start walking and they've been walking for a while. You can tell like Alexa is starting to get annoyed by this whole trip. Yeah, like she's all throughout the thing. She's been talking about how hungry she is mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which yeah. And, but they look in the distance and there's a house like a giant mansion for them and so the two of them like head over there hoping to get some shelter and then this man and woman in there this pale man and woman talk about how like welcome to your new home We've been told that two good friends would eventually come here. You must stay for dinner. Yes, this house is now yours, and it's just like... Yeah. Um, I wish they were vampires, but they're being controlled by Lydia is the whole thing. But that's the thing, I I do like how they played with the whole, like, chosen one thing, and kind of, like, reject it in this one, because that was kind of the thing that annoyed me in some of the other movies like where it's like oh you were destined to get all this rich people stuff soon so yeah, like i just like really like how the ca- main characters are presented this and then. like they're just like people you know uh-huh, uh-huh uh-huh and it's their connections they have with each other that makes them strong there isn't some sort of like magical thing that makes them like more special like yeah. the only reason they have like the stones that protected them is because of their friendship with each other uh-huh but either way, this is where we get the requisite third act breakup scene. Yeah. So. Yeah. For, well, I mean, at least with this, as cliche as it might have been, I feel like they actually did a decent job of portraying it because... Yeah, it like works well with their personalities because Alexa, she wants to just stay at the mansion that they have. Yeah, because she's like, we, we've already done we've already done all this stuff, like... Other people can take it from here. Like, this is literally our dream come true where we have all the food and clothing we want. So it's like, yeah, let's just stay here. And it felt really believable where it's like you genuinely... It felt like a disagreement that wasn't born out of being petty or anything like that. It was like something that genuinely reflected their personality. Oh, definitely. But... Either way, the thing is, it was portrayed pretty realistically, of course, like, because Liana is always going to help people. She wants to, like, bring Melody all the way to, like, where she can, which is, like, kind of, it's sort of weird that Alexa's like, we've done enough, but it's like, Melody is literally in a mirror. She cannot move from yeah, where she like, is. like, Alexa, I, you could just, well, I mean, the thing about Alexa is that she's, like, there's a chance that we are going to die doing this, so, like. Maybe we could just stop here. And Melody actually backs her up. Yeah. Saying, like... So, I'm like, what would be Melody's plan if they did just leave her there? Yeah, like, like, like are you just okay? Like, like what is her end game of, like, just letting those two, like, live in this house together while she just, like, sits in the corner? Well, you gotta down. remember at the very beginning, she was like, you know, you shouldn't help me. I've already, like made your cabin fall get on fire that's you know? true that's true she so definitely some have... like guilt going there yeah okay so exact so that's also reflective of her personality god yeah. this movie holy crap anyway. uh, either way so liana and melody leave her behind and she stays at the cottage yeah and the dogs are separated oh no yeah the dogs are lesbians too that is true yeah but 
And it's like literally two minutes later, Lydia shows up and like kidnaps her and takes her away. Yeah. And so, and when they get there, you see Alexa being like, well, you can't hurt me because they established that earlier, but because during Alexa's rage, she took off the necklace and doesn't have it anymore, mm-hmm. then Lydia is able to essentially brainwash her with the magic. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're able to. Uh, they're able to soon capture Alina, and, uh, when they, when they see that Alexa's under mind control, freaking Lydia's like, girl, go walk off that cliff. And oh, she yeah. starts doing that into this giant pool of acid slash lava. Uh, green lava. Green lava, yeah. And it's just a very tense scene. Yeah, like, she essentially gets it so Melody will reveal herself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. But it is... I do always like the Barbie movies where they like, oh yeah, this villain has no problem just murdering people. Yeah. But you do kind of get a thing where like, you get uh, that trope where Liana is like, I know you're still in there, Alexa. Oh yeah. Stuff like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Th- that whole power friendship type thing is felt very common, but as cliche as that trope might have been, it still feels like, it feels like something that was decently built up based on how they went with the story and given how the story's focused on that friendship and stuff like that definitely eventually uh once she so lydia takes mere melody and uh they start heading off to the seven stones then they have to go find like all the while melody's like coming up with like fake keys and like having to yeah, essentially they end up by this, like, pool. But when she's gone, the dragon sidekick releases Liana, and she goes up to Alexa, and then the dragon just straight up tries to murder them. Yeah. He, like, knocks them off. Mm-hmm. But of course she's still able to, like, hold on. She's and... holding onto a branch as the two, and it's just like, dang. And so even our doofy sidekick is like, I need to murder Mm-hmm. As soon as possible. <laughs> Definitely. And, but luckily the two brothers are... They find the dog and they're able to find where they are. Yeah. But as we see, like, they they give them the necklace. She puts the necklace on oh, Alexa. Oh, she's, like, holding her hand. Oh, so. and, like, she's made better because of it. And it's like... She's saved through their love. Yep, and literally the two boys, by the time they show up, it's like, oh, <laughs> nah, they're okay. We're all good. Uh, thanks, though, I guess. And so, the boys, they're there either way. This this means it's time to go to our confrontation with Lydia, with Alexa, and Liana. They meet her there, and she's... Uh, when she sees them coming, she essentially starts this whirlpool in the pool that they've made. Mm-hmm. But there's a plan where the two guys start, like, trying to lure away the dragon. Yeah, like, they have the a talk. fight scene with a goofy fight scene, slapstick fight scene with the dragon. Who cares? It's there. Yeah, but when when they get there, Melody's like, don't save me. I will never tell you where the castle is. And she, when she's about to be thrown into this whirlpool... 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Because, like, Lydia was going to use her as leverage to, like, mm-hmm. have them back off, essentially. Yeah. But then she, Melody, like, breaks the mirror herself from yeah, the inside. Yeah, and it's just like, dang. All right, go big, go home, I guess. Yeah. And once they do that, uh, all bets are off, because, uh, oh, we forgot to mention how they kind of dupe Lydia, because they start running forward, and... Uh, when Lydia starts playing her magic flute and stuff, they start acting like, oh, they've been hypnotized. But no, psych! They are duping ya. You've been bamboozled, Lydia. And soon they uh, throw the shattered mirror into the whirlpool, and the two dogs get it. Well, at first, the first dog starts trying to get it but oh no he can't get out alone but then with the second dog they're able to get out together actually i think both of these dogs are girls yeah they're both girls i apologize for mr yeah we kind of mentioned like when she thought she was hypnotized she tried to make them like jump into the whirlpool to drown essentially uh-huh. though we established later that this whirlpool is like waist deep so that was yeah so- <laughs> it's not it's way less intimidating well i figured that like when she said to like step into the pool and drown like they were probably she was probably envisioning like an ophelia style death yeah that makes sense but either way so because the dogs work together they're able to get the mirror out Uh uh-huh and then so they toss the her evil flu into it and then she goes in it and then she like magic starts waving around her and then she just like disappears Disappears. yeah it's very strange and never explained why that happened i think the thing why that happened is because like she tried to blow the flute to like stop the whirlpool but there was water in it so i guess that messed the magic up somehow yeah but but well lydia's gone so whatever but now they need to figure out a way to get to the diamond castle because that's gonna be the only way to save melody and i wonder how you could possibly get into a music themed castle yeah i mean we need to find the key it's not like melody couldn't have had the key finding a melody (laughs) they sing another song and then the castle pops up yep and the castle pops up and once they step through the gates they get their their requisite sparkle dresses and eh what do you think of the sparkle dresses for this eh, i mean they're not like the most interesting design but yeah. you know it's the it's they got to have it in every movie and even the dogs get like sparkle fied and our male love interests like step in it and they also get new outfits but it's just like a coat over it's the regular it's just a doublet and it's and, and they, like, of, act like it's, like, oh, it's so embarrassing. Saying, and it's just, like, no, no, shut up. You, go, go away. Go to the ocean and walk in there. <laughs> if but, only. If only. But the, but they go in there and, oh, they see the muse's instruments. So they're about to go grab them. Oh, yeah. And when they get their uh, melody. Turns the, back into her human form. Yeah. But then... Lydia comes back back on the dragon. And it's just like, what? Where did you, what happened? Where did the whirlpool, did like the whirlpool just teleport you like 50 feet away? Like what? (coughs) 
Like, did... Honestly, I don't really care that much about the answer. Either way, she's back for one last confrontation. But of course, as all uh, problems are solved in this movie, they sing another song together. And then she and her dragon are turned into stone. Yep. It turns out the real secret was the music in them all along. It was established many times, but you know. Yeah, but... They still lack surprise when that turns out to be the solution. Yeah. But now, oh, the Diamond Castle, it's all good. And now... Yeah. And the the two muses that she had turned into stone are have been restored, so they fly back on their Pegasus, which one of the Pegasus is straight up Brietta from yes. Pegasus. It's the same model. She even still has, like, the little crown thing. Yes! So it's like, <laughs> they didn't even try to make her not look the same. Yeah, it... That was, I mean, it was kind of funny to see that uh, suddenly appear, but, eh. And I'm actually surprised, because Magic Pegasus was, like, a four-year-old movie at that point. Yeah, it's it's surprising they still had, like, the resources from it. Yeah, I mean, any animation expert will tell you that saving those sort of 3D assets, especially if you're a 3D animator, is very invaluable Mm. for that sort of stuff, so... It makes sense. But once they end up grabbing, once the muses end up coming back, they get the whole, like, hero's, like, return where, oh, you're blessed with these gifts. And, like, they're blessed with these special crowns. Well, they they have to have a fancy tiara for the toys to wear, okay? Yeah, yep. And the two boys are... Given these basically electric guitars, and like yeah. they start shredding like their modern guitars, and it's just like, yeah. it's... like they, all throughout the movie, they sort of build up about how they're basically acting like rock stars and stuff like that. Yeah, they but... even make them British. <laughs> yeah, like if you want to make a British rock star, like. I think they would make them a bit more, like, interesting, at least design-wise. Yeah. Because they just look like every other Barbie movie, like, Literally dude. every other Barbie movie, dude. Like, <laughs> when you... Like, even the Beatles, who all looked pretty similar, they have some distinguishing qualities. You could... You could make something from that. I don't know. Uh, God, could way. you imagine if they went, like, full David Bowie on them <laughs> being, like, British rock stars? See, that might have been fun or interesting, but as stands, they're just annoying. Yeah. But either way, so they have their dance party ending. Uh, they have a freaking dance party. Also, they're, they they can't have these bar movies without having some little children somehow show up. So there's yeah. also these children here that there's just appear. children in the Diamond Castle. And they have, like, little horses, and it's like, who are these people? <laughs> who are these people? Where did these horses come from? Like, they should... In the flashback, they had a flashback of the... Diamond Castle being filled with people, but they were all adults. Yeah. And they were the the horses, but it's like, it, it, they just appear so suddenly and quickly, it's just like, what? Who are, why? No, go away. Uh, but, no, they have this dance party, and the dogs start dancing again, and it's not great. Yeah, and then the, they dance with the boys as well, which is, ugh. Yeah. 
But either way, so they offer to have them, like, live in the castle. But Melody is essentially, she becomes the third muse now. Yes. But they offer to have them live, but then they're like, no, we just want to go back to our cabin and sell our flowers. And so they give them some special seeds to restore their garden, and they're off on their way. Which, like I said before, I feel like that's a very nice and, like, unexpected, where it's not, like, becoming a royal in a big castle isn't, like, the ultimate be-all goal for someone. Yeah, I I agree. And I also appreciate that, like, the two boys, like, talk about how, like, oh, should we follow them? Someone's got to keep them out of trouble. But it's, like, not really. Yeah, they don't, like, have, like, a wedding at the end, so. Yeah. Which, which is good, because you met these dudes, like, yesterday, so. Yeah, but they go back to their cabin, and when they grow, put the seeds in, like, they instantly get flowers with diamonds in them. Yeah, so, presumably they're going to be doing fine, yeah. but. <laughs> so it's, like, an endgame relationship for them, so it's yeah. nice. Yeah, I mean, they, and they have, like, this nice little montage where they're, like, growing the flowers and picking them and oh they're going to the concerts together and it's just it, the movie just ends with some gals being pals yeah it's very nice so but i said that's the diamond castle essentially yeah and like i said i remember like liking this one and i can see why because i feel like they really do a good job of like establishing who these characters are Mm -hmm. and make you like care about them and care Mm -hmm. about their relationship and like even though the queer subtext is probably unintentional at the very least it is nice to see like a main female relationship being like the center point of one of these stories yeah yeah which that's kind of like it kind of feels like what princess and the pauper should have been you know yeah but I think this also has the benefit of, like, you actually get to see them interacting more, oh, yeah. unlike Princess and the Popper. But, yeah, it's at this point, it's kind of hard to say, but it feels weird that this is kind of shaping up to be my favorite of the ones we've watched so far. Oh, yeah, I can, I can totally see that. It's... <laughs> I feel like there are a few of these Barbie movies that I like, consider, like, S-tier. Right now, I think it would probably be Prince of the Popper, Pegasus, and this movie. Yes. Yeah. This one, it, I don't know. It, it's interesting that so many people hold, hold up uh, Princess and the Popper as, like, this same example where it's like, oh, they're such close friends, and they're like, oh, there's all this queer subtext, and it's got all this great story stuff in it. Don't get me wrong. That movie's good, but... Yeah. I feel like this movie just ends up doing it a lot better, and I feel like it's just kind of indicative of, like, how sometimes the... I feel like with a lot of kids, like, people who didn't grow up on Diamond Castle ended up missing out on it. Yeah, so, I think it's, like, this was kind of, like, the cutoff movie for which people were people were like at least from my generation, that really loved, like, stuff like Prince of the Popper, where they were, like, too old for these movies anymore. So I think that's why it kind of, like, flew under people's radars. Definitely. But But it's just, it was very, I feel like it was a very refreshing change of pace after, like, all the movies we've sat sat through before, you know? Definitely. Definitely. It makes me also curious to see how things are going to be changing going forward. Yeah, because I feel like, I think this legit is the last one I saw as a kid. Oh, So. okay. I've seen a couple of these ones 
after this. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. And isn't our next one The Christmas Carol? Yeah, so the next time... Ha- so the next movie we're going to be watching is Barbie and a Christmas oh, Carol. And I, I'm excited for this one. Yeah, a... we might end up holding off on releasing that until December, but uh, yeah. we'll keep you guys. We'll have to see. So we might have just be like out of order with that one. Yeah, which we kind of accidentally did with Fairytopia and the Barbie Diaries, but yeah. yeah. But either way, I am somewhat of a Christmas Carol adaptation connoisseur, so I am. Yeah, excited I, for. I one. do actually have vague memories of this next movie so i'll be real interested to see how that ends up going but until then thank you for listening wait what is our rating oh crap i give this one four uh heart-shaped diamonds out of five oh oh i mean i guess yeah yeah the the love interest kind of the love interest do kind of deter it but i'm I mean, they're so forgettable. You could honestly kind of, like, edit out the scenes where they're the focus of this movie and nothing is going to be lost, so... That is true. I, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm going to be bold and say that this gets five flowers with diamonds in them out of five. I think that this is a really, really great movie. And if you liked the princess and the pauper you should go see this this is great it's literally everything you liked from that movie but better yeah definitely i mean granted there was no preminger type yeah. villain yeah that is the thing like i feel like we've lacked like a really good villain in one of these movies for a long time yeah. like because lydia is essentially just like laverna again yeah yeah like. well we'll have to see how that goes well mm-hmm. with the next movie since it's a Christmas Carol, there isn't an overt villain, so we'll have to see what they do with that. Oh, but, but until then, uh, thank you for listening to the Pink Isle. Uh, as always, if you like what you've heard, you can follow us on our Twitter at Pink Isle Pod, uh, as well as uh, follow um, some of our other stuff, like Emma. Yeah, I work for the Shield at USA. Yeah. 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 Go read her stuff. It's good. She does good work. I say this every week, but you do good work, Emma. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Henry also does very good work with his YouTube channel. Yes. And he deserves many a subscriber. Oh, please. Please help me. Please help me. <laughs> please help him. He puts so much work in them. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want to support my work, you can also follow me <laughs> at Catherine Henry on Twitter or patreon.com slash henrykathman. That can help pay the bills. And keeping an eye out on the YouTube channel. Some interesting things are on the horizon, so keep an eye out for that. But until then, thank you very much, as always, for listening. Uh, We look forward to hearing from you guys. (laughs) We look forward to sharing some of our findings about this movie. Uh, Actually, before we leave... I want to give a collective call-out to the AO3 fanfic writing community. There are only five fanfics written about this movie, two of which are only about Alexa and Alina, and it's like... You heard it from the man himself. We demand more Barbie fanfic. Yes. Like, two of them are about Alexa and Ian and pairing those two off together, and it's like, really, y'all? You could do so much better. 
like one day they will learn like no joke if anyone goes on to write any any of this fanfic i'm i'm saying it here now i will read it as a bonus episode i will do a nice dramatic reading for you guys mm. i i have no shame about this i just no shame yeah i just want to see more of this in my life so there's your there's your assignment kids so <laughs> okay. yeah that you heard it from him. send us fanfic well until well, the, oh. yeah if it's good yeah good and <laughs> please not uh pg rated please mm, i don't know i c- this we, we'll have to see what we'll have to see what you do but unless it's about bibble then you can no! make it as explicit <laughs> okay. as you want okay goodbye farewell <laughs>